Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage. It's with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS. We have a guest, so I can't just welcome in Tom like I want to and Billy Jack like I want to, and I can't just tell you about how I have a charity function later on tonight where I'll be screaming and sweating like Captain Lou Albano. No, not yet, because we're about to start round two of the NCAA tournament. And already, there have been tight games. Already, there's been upsets. Already, there has been fake or at least overreactive controversy to what has gone on in the first round. And to talk about it all, we welcome in CBS Sports Hoops writer, covers both college, pro, the whole shebang. Also, GQ, New York Times Magazine. Find him on Twitter at Reed Forgrave. It's Reed Forgrave who joins us on the show this afternoon. Reed, thanks for joining us, friend. I want to overreact to Tom Izzo actually coaching his players. <laughs> overreact, yes. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're going to, you know, haters going to hate, shooters going to shoot, and media going to overreact, right? Like, actually, that I, I, I did leave a bad taste in my mouth with Izzo kind of pointing his finger uh, at one of his players. But the guy, and that's Izzo's style. And I thought Draymond going on Twitter and being like, he loves guys who get back in his face. He respects that. I think that probably says all you need to know about that controversy. Did we go too far? Probably. Is it a big deal? Not at all. Did we make it a no big deal? Oh, <laughs> we need content, man. We need controversy. How many interviews have you done in the last 24, 36 hours? Too many. But they, they, all, they've I all was, started with that, haven't they? And most of them. Either that or John Morant, which is uh, – I mean, that's what we want to talk about, right? Because it's been, it was an absolutely incredible performance by an absolutely incredible performer who, let's be honest, most of us haven't even seen play before. Like, we've seen the dunks and we've seen the YouTube highlights, but not, like, play a whole game. But, yeah, I mean, everyone, Izzo is, it was a topic for 24 hours, and I, I think he could have tamped it down a little bit. I, I didn't like how he, whether he was right or not doesn't matter. It's the tone of him turning the tables in the press conference of being like, I hold people accountable and I hope that you newspaper people hold yourselves accountable. It's just like, yeah. it, just, it just feels a little bit off, but it was not a big deal. And I think almost everyone who was trying to make a controversy of it, if you gave him a truth serum, they'd be like, yeah. It wasn't a big deal. It was it was maybe something, but it was a blip. It wasn't it wasn't an explosion on the radar. The only thought I thought about it with Reed was: Reed, Do you have kids? Do you have kids? Yeah, I got two boys, and, yeah. and that's exactly what I thought. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't like that if a coach was doing that. Uh, it almost felt like he was showing him up uh, on the big stage. But he's, uh, I think his reputation precedes himself. Yes, he's fiery. But he loves his guys, right? And it's like, 
it wasn't a problem to me. It was the only concern. I I like Tom Izzo. I'm in the Midwest. I'm a fan. I ain't going to lie. All right? So I like Tom Izzo, and I like what he stands for in that whole thing, and I hope it doesn't end horribly like it tends to do with some big-time college coaches in both football and basketball. (laughs) But I I don't think I question. The guy's dedicated his life to it. At one point, he was probably living in someone's basement as a GA, he obviously has dedicated his life to young people and obviously trying to win. It's what's good for everybody. The only, I guess, concern I had was that, yeah, there's youth coaches out there who, like when we put parental blocks on our kids, there's youth coaches out there who see that and they go, well, you know, Tom Izzo acts like an ass and Tom Izzo's really, really good, so I can go <laughs> act like Tom Izzo. And it's like, no, you can't act like Tom Izzo. Just like when Mike Trout gets 430, it doesn't mean that you're going to go out and play baseball all of a sudden and you're going to make 430. Just because Tom Izzo screams and yells doesn't mean you can go out there and scream and yell because he, know, he knows a lot more about people and a lot more about the sport than you ever would. That's my problem. That I, yeah. And that's not yeah. even a problem. He's earned it in a way. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I still don't like it. Like, I don't like coaches going nuts like that. I understand that there are moments where it's needed. How often do you see that happen in the NBA? Never. Because the power dynamic is different. Mm. And I think that's where this kind of sheds a little bit of light of mm. sort of what is wrong with college basketball in a way. Like, I know a lot of people could flip it and be like, actually, the power dynamic's wrong in the NBA. The players shouldn't have that much power. Basketball needs to be a team sport, and there needs to be one single leader, and that needs to be the coach. I mean, I can see that. I think I'd be more on the other side, where it's like in college basketball specifically, the coaches wield too much power. The fact that they can take a scholarship away after a year. The fact that it's just uh, the whole, like, amateurism when a coach makes a million dollars, right? Like, that, I think there's, there's this background to this story of why that is a slightly bigger deal. But... Yeah, I, I, I certainly hope that like the, that America's parents are not taking their cues from college or pro basketball coaches because <laughs> if that's the case, uh, yeah, like I, I'm not sure what the analogy would be, like parenting, and then what the ref would be. <laughs> but uh, like, your uh, maybe your kid's teacher are you going to yell at him when you yell at the ref? Gosh, I hope not. Your kid's no. going to be in big trouble. <laughs> Reed Forgrave joining us on the show, CBS Sports Hoops writer, also does GQ, New York Times Magazine. Follow him on Twitter at Reed Forgrave. I, I got, okay, with the Ja Morant, I wanted to get into late last night, but I got to go with it now. Ja Morant, can you make an argument that he should be drafted number one overall over Zion Williamson now? No, because let me tell you why. Like, there's a different universe that exists with these two, with these two players that Ja Morant could go number one overall. Um, but the NBA draft isn't just about we need a point guard and he needs to, you know, be the best player for our team for the future. There are other things that come into it. There is ticket sales. There's relevance. Uh, There's like being the team that gets the national TV game. Um, And frankly, I think there's just that, that echo echo chamber that is the NBA draft. Uh, And then there's just the pressure of being the general manager who passes on Zion. You don't want to be that guy. If you're the general manager who takes Zion and John Morant ends up being the better NBA player, which I'll admit is entirely possible. Uh, mm-hmm. I do think there are questions about Zion Williamson where it's like, uh, to me it's more how does that body hold up in the NBA? Because we don't really have another example. And the closest we have to a body like that that moves the way he moves is LeBron James. LeBron James has certainly held up in the NBA. I'm not sure if we know that with Zion Williamson. But if you're the general manager who stakes your career on John Morant and Zion Williamson ends up being the best thing ever. 
and you're stuck with a guy who's a pretty good point guard, like that will follow you your entire career. Um, and I think that is why it can't be anyone other than Zion, just as much as the fact that Zion is awesome, right? Um, John Moran, I think, proved it wasn't just – I think if you were looking at John Morant yesterday, your first time seeing him other than highlights, you were like, man, I can't wait for this guy to dunk on someone. And he did that. But what was most impressive, if you'd ever never seen him play basketball before, was the way that he was able – like that game, he was – it was almost like his chessboard and he was, he was holding it in his hand and he was manipulating everything about that basketball game. He had mm-hmm. complete and total control of the game for a 20 year old point guard. That is so, so rare. Um, that's what I was most impressed with. More than the dunks, more than, you know, the no look passes. It was just the confidence and control that he had over that basketball game. Reed Forgrave joining us on the show. This is fantastic stuff. I, I, I really even made it as simple as, there's not one owner. You know owners way better than I ever would. There's not one owner if they get the number one pick is going to pass on that guy because if you got 19,000, 19,000 are showing yeah. up opening night, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 100%, man. And, like, you make your jersey. Zion Williamson jersey, I don't care what team he goes to, it will be the number one selling jersey at some point next season, probably yep. in July, right? Like when he's in summer league. Um, you can't pass up that opportunity. Um, but you know, what, you know what John Morant did? on Thursday that I think is really interesting. We always talk about college basketball as a, you know, as an amateur sport, as an unpaid sport. On Thursday, John Morant actually made $1.6 million. Did you know that? Um, that's the difference no. between the number three pick and the number two pick on a three-year contract because <laughs> that's what he became. I think there's a guaranteed top three, the third being R.J. Barrett. And uh, I think what John Morant, showed everyone is that he is the I think pretty clear number two and I'm an R.J. Barrett fan I held on for R.J. Barrett as the number one pick well into this college basketball season because I'm a little bit stubborn and stick to my uh stick to my guns a little bit too long sometimes um I think R.J. Barrett is awesome uh but to me I think John Morant like how can you especially if you're a team that is in need of a point guard and then it fits you can't pass that dude up at number two Reed Forgrave joining us on the show. Who were you most impressed with last night? Because there were some late games that maybe some people didn't see. I don't want to say Ohio State because I know where I broadcast out of and people are just going to say I'm a homer even though I didn't go there. So who are you most impressed with other than them? <laughs> I mean, I, Ohio State was most surprising, to be honest. Like, uh, that Iowa State team looked really, really good up until then. Uh, and uh, I was really, really impressed. Uh, by that team. Uh, same with Iowa, like another Big Ten school that I thought didn't have a chance. And uh, Cincinnati either blew it or I'd say more Cincinnati blew it given their uh, given their history uh, of blowing games in the NCAA tournament. Uh, but the other team that I was really, really impressed with was Virginia Tech. I know that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to beat at the four seed. You're supposed to win by 14 points, and that's what they did. But the fact that they were able to just smother, smother that really talented, athletic St. Louis team uh, on defense was it was really, really impressive. So I think that's going to be a really intriguing matchup uh, tomorrow uh, with Virginia Tech and oh, I just saw it. I was playing Liberty, which is that Liberty. Uh, I, I thought that it was a, it was a really twelve strong twelve seed field yeah. this year. Yeah. I I picked. Three twelve seed, but Liberty was the one that I didn't pick. Uh, so that was I thought that was a really impressive performance against a Mississippi State team that 
I just have an enormous amount of talent and hell of a coach and done out. Um, if Virginia would have lost, mm-hmm. would you would you subscribe to an argument? Would you listen to an argument for firing Tony Bennett? I, uh, no, but <laughs> it would be. I, I, I was sick to my stomach at halftime. They're down what? 10, 14? They're down fourteen at some point in the first. Yeah. Game. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if it was at halftime or not. I don't know. It was six. Now. It was six yeah. at the half. I remember it was. Six. I was. I was sick to my stomach, and I. I have absolutely no dog in the race. I don't care about Gardner Webb. I don't care about Virginia. Um, I think Tony Bennett is an incredible human being and an incredible coach. He's future. He might be an NBA coach. Like he's that level of highly respected coach. And what was happening there with Virginia looking. I mean, it wasn't just that the other team was nailing threes all over the place. It was that Virginia just looked stiff. They looked scared. They looked like uh, there was headlights staring at them, and they were the deer. Uh, it was it was really, really scary. I don't think it would have been a fire Tony Bennett thing, but I think like all of college basketball, everyone loves Tony Bennett. He's universally loved because he's a good human being, right? And he does things the right way. Uh, I think people would have just felt really really sad for him because they know that he's more likely to win a national title than he is to lose again in the first round, uh, especially as a one seed. And yet that was, I, I, I was thrilled. I don't know what he said at halftime, but they came out gun blazing. Like he had just lit a fire under their oh, ass. Yeah. And he, I, I was so glad to see that because we love the upset, but that's not the upset I wanted to see. Well, are they a team that now they got that, all right, it's done. Now, last year's last year. We got over this. We're a 30-win team now. Are they a team that can make a run? Could they beat Tennessee in their bracket? 100%. Absolutely. They can win it all. I mean, that team, you look at the advanced metrics, uh, the only team in college basketball to be top five in offense and defense efficiency uh, all season. I know they play slow. In fact, slower than any team in college basketball. But uh-huh. They play so efficiently. They're so smart. Uh, they have... Like, we, we like to think of team like you look at their numbers and no one blows you away because they do they do have such a slow pace. But they have serious NBA talent on that team. Like don't be surprised if DeAndre Hunter, I mean I think he's almost a guaranteed top ten pick. He might sneak into the top five. Uh, and I think this is sort of his proving ground. And remember that UMBC game last year, uh, I think people forget that DeAndre Hunter was injured for that game. There's no way they lose that game with DeAndre Hunter on the floor. So. This Virginia team is they're well coached, they're well put together, and when they're not freaking out <laughs> in that first half, they are capable of winning it all. Reed, I thank you so much for the time. At Reed Forgrave on Twitter. All the best. Hope to run you down again soon, my friend. All right, sounds good, man. Thank you, Reed Forgrave, joining us on the hotline. Absolutely fabulous and totally right about Tony Bennett. And it was man, you watched that, like they kept showing his family and I know we're watching on TV, so the storylines of what we're dealing with g- compared to what they are on the bench and what they are in the arena, that's different. But they kept showing the kids, and the kids are going, oh, my God. This could be going down again. Mrs. Bennett, oh, boy. The fam- like the parents were there. Oh, God. But now they got this under their belt. Hopefully they can go on because I didn't want to do that show. I'm watching the first half yesterday. I'm going... I really don't think this is going to happen again for the re- and Reed Forgrave said it better than I could. I re- I'm sitting there going, I really don't think this could happen again. If it does, I got to do the do they fire Tony Bennett show? Like that team 
He took over in 2009. That team, when again, when's the last time that you have sat there and thought about Virginia basketball? Ralph Sampson. Maybe the one really good years when they started turning it on in 2011, and they've been basically that good since. But you really don't think about them in the ACC. So that part would suck. 855-2124-CBS. We'll try to get the five burning questions. We might do it at 1240. I got to welcome in Billy Jack. I got to welcome in Tom when we come back. And there could be a little bit of class warfare going on. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS. 855-2124-227. We welcome in Tommy D. Tom's going through his wedding planning. Even though it seems like it's going to take about six years, but that's okay. Tom, say hello to America. What's happening, Ken? What's up, America? Even though there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of clearance right now because the NCAA tournament's going on. Either way. Um, And we welcome in. You got it ready, Tom? Yeah, we got it. We welcome in Billy Jack. Before Billy Jack says, let's get the intro. Boom! You're dead. Well, well, I wish that would have been true. That's Billy Jack talking. (laughs) I wish that was true. But I said, f*** you. (laughs) And I left. <laughs> you said, no, you're fired. Whatever. I left or fired. Who gives a <laughs> <laughs> I told Finally. you I'd get you, Billy Jack. They, well, oh, man. You know, I watched that video, and I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I hope you're only comparing the name. <laughs> what was going through your head when you were watching that video? <laughs> well, the first, the first thing is the mullet. And... I mean, there's no way you could compare. Oh my God! The mullet to me because I don't have. Oh any my hair. God! Okay, folks. If folks need a background on this, I have been making jokes since we started. The Billy, you you come in at noon basically every Saturday except for like two. No, no, every 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 Saturday. Yeah, every Saturday. I said basically except for like two so far since I took over this this show what uh, three months ago. No, no, I've been here every single Saturday. You oh, really? Been here. Yeah. Oh yeah, I missed a Saturday. Yeah, that's, that's right. You did. I forgot about that. I was sick, and then I had another function I had to go to. I had to do a wedding. Uh, it's my fault, not yours, Billy. Okay. So Billy's been here every single Saturday, and I kept saying to Billy to watch a guy named Billy Jack Haynes. Now, I got to be careful here because he's an assassin. Uh, Billy Jack Haynes is a very famous professional wrestler in the 80s with the WWF. And if you watched WrestleMania three, the... The crown jewel of all WrestleManias, WrestleMania three. Billy Jack Haynes was in matches in there, and he was in other WrestleManias and things like that. He was a he was a pretty big name in the WWF then. Well, Billy has been known since for some very strong, what they call shoot interviews, which are real interviews about what what's really done in wrestling. And basically, he just turns into a guy who. Tells stories that I, I can't say they're not true, but I, I question. And he says that the, the you know the Clintons hired him to go after Seth Rich. That's one of them. And also that basically Vince McMahon has killed a, a thousand wrestlers. And, and, and I sent one of the videos because Billy Jack, Billy Jack Haynes, Billy Jack's a little bit... I love Billy Jack. He's an emotional boy, and I love him very, very much. And I'm just like, it, it just, it's two and two together. These are two pods, two peas that belong in the same pod. And not, you're not the same guy, obviously. I don't think that you think that the Clintons hired you to kill Seth Rich. However, other than that, you know what? I see a lot of similarities in there. 
Well, I'm. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't even know how to respond. To I mean, that. here you hear that out of Billy Jack right there. He doesn't know how to, how to respond. Let's listen to Billy Jack Haynes side by side to Billy Jack. Here's Billy Jack Haynes again. Cue it up. Go. Hell, you're dead. Boy, well, I wish that would have been true. That's Billy Jack talking. I wish that was true, but I said F- you, and I left. You said no, you're fired. Whatever. I left or fired. Who gives a sh- you know what? Now, now that I think about it, there are there are some things that I can that we could compare that to. Yeah, what was that? Well, the, I mean, you know, the... <laughs> what is it? I can't. I mean, there 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 used to be a certain female in my life that I <laughs> that I could compare that to. And you would well go up to her and you would do what? Hit the sound again, Tom. But I said F- you, and I left. You said no. You're fired. Whatever. I left or fired. Who gives a sh- exactly? <laughs> How long were you with her? Uh, a long time. Four years. Four years. <laughs> yeah, like four and a half. Did you ever go start the car for her? No, I never did that. Because it would have sounded something like this. Boom! You're dead. Well, well, I wish that would have been true. That's Billy Jack talking. I wish that was true. When you walked out, what did it sound like? Did it sound like this? Boom! You're dead. Well, well, I wish that would have been true. That's Billy Jack talking. I wish that was true. I'm sorry. The look on his face right now, too, the poor kid. What was no, going no, no. on? I'm, <laughs> I'm smiling. It's funny. Did you watch the entire 21-minute video? No, I did not watch the entire 21-minute video. Oh, how could you not? Well, because you sent it to me yesterday, and I there was a very fairly large Nets-Laker game I had to watch. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to kill Sunday. I'm sorry. I'm dying. Kill. Ken, are you all right there, man? Mm-hmm. I'm dying. You had you couldn't watch the whole thing because of Nets Lakers. That's... <laughs> <laughs> you had to watch yeah. Nets Lakers. You couldn't watch Billy Jack Haynes talk about how <laughs> why yeah. I can't even say some of the stuff that he said. You couldn't watch Billy Jack Haynes say that Vince McMahon was why the Big Boss Man is dead and had him killed. That's right, because I had to watch Nets Lakers. <laughs> it's the best story in the NBA right now. Is that why your girlfriend of four years broke up with you? It could be. It could be. No, but no, no. She, you know what? You know what? I, I. She, she doesn't matter. She, she doesn't matter. <laughs> she doesn't matter. No, no she doesn't. You when wanted... she told you she was leaving you, what did you say? But I said, F- "You," <laughs> and I left. You said, "No, you're fired." Whatever. I left or fired. Who gives? See, I didn't even. Well, yeah, that's exactly what I said. But, but uh, I didn't even. I didn't even want to bring it. I didn't even want to bring her up. But it's the first thing that came to my mind when you started com- making these comparisons. If you clicked over, if you clicked over to this game that's going on right now, that's shameful. Because I think breaking down Billy's love life is way more interesting than I, I, what's I, going I, on on with Maryland right now. I'd hardly call it a life, Ken. I mean. Oh, my God. 
212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Nah, Billy, you're going you're gonna to get back up on that stone pony soon, I yeah, promise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Coming up next, five burning questions and... and uh, <laughs> five burning questions and... This is the biggest year of Ben Roethlisberger's career. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. It is time for five burning questions. Tom, hit it! Congratulations, Ken. The Los Angeles Lakers have officially been eliminated from the playoffs for the sixth straight season, which of course means LeBron James will be missing the playoffs for the first time since April 2005, which is the same month that the Green Bay Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers. You've been all over this for months, Ken. Is it time for the Lakers to shut down LeBron for the rest of the season? Shut her down. What else needs to be done here now that they're officially out? There's a couple of things that need to be realized here, and I'm going to get to this coming up at about 1.40 p.m. Eastern. Now, some people are going to go, fine, then I know when to click out because they don't want to hear about LeBron. I wasn't going to spend the entire show on LeBron on purpose. Now, I know that LeBron can generate a lot of people calling in, but who gives a damn you only want to talk about winners when it comes to the finals, when it comes to the playoffs at all. There's a couple of things, though. One... We have to realize that none of us are mortal, all in our lives as well as in our careers. And I think LeBron James needs to understand that because he has turned into an albatross that is hanging around the neck of the L.A. Lakers and certainly L.A. Lakers fans. Second of all, I want to see how the, how the postseason does without LeBron. Ratings-wise, interest-wise, because when we start talking NBA, we start with LeBron. And we finish with LeBron. He still, even though that I think that This year, he's been injured. In those terms, he's lost a step. I can never say never. Let's be honest. He's built like a Zeus. But in those terms, he's lost a step. I think that we start to see a preview of life without LeBron. How does the NBA respond to that? Because everything is LeBron-centric. Now that he's out, are other guys willing to be that guy? Kevin Durant said no. Kyrie Irving's a no. Golden State, are you tired of Golden State? Is there anybody who can be that next overall factor that brings everybody together like LeBron? Good, bad, ugly, whatever? I don't know. I'm not necessarily sure there is that guy. And I wonder if ratings take a hit. No matter what we say about him, he moves the needle. That's the reason people talk about him so much. You're always going to pay attention to that. I want to see how the postseason does without LeBron James. Next. Well, speaking of those embarrassing Lakers, Lonzo Ball has severed ties with his business manager and big baller brand partner, Alan Foster, who apparently disappeared $1.5 million at some point in the last few months. This coming after another story this week about the Lakers investigating big baller brand shoes and their impact on Lonzo's fragile ankles. Will Lonzo Ball and the big baller brand ever recover even a fraction of the reputation and popularity they once enjoyed? Did they ever have that? Oh, yeah, they were huge. They were the biggest. No, talk- they weren't. Lonzo Ball and Big Baller Brand, they were the biggest sports talk topic. But yeah, people but were people- paying the whatever absurd oh, $400 what I- for those shoes. My one buddy bought a, well, he wanted $400. He'll take whatever. It was the same thing as Craigslist. My buddy, Lima. You did a show with Lima a couple of weeks ago, right? I actually wasn't here. Oh, that's right. Lima, Lima bought a Big Baller Brand hoodie. Oh, my gosh. And wore it around Cleveland like an a hole because that's who Lima <laughs> is. But he only paid like 35 bucks for it, 40 bucks for it. And it was a conversation piece, and that's what it is. Wasn't that great of a hoodie? 
And I, the reason why people would buy Big Baller brand, if Lonzo Ball was actually the next Jordan, people would buy it, and then you would have arguments of whether or not the quality was there for it. The only reason people bought that stuff was for a joke. And the only one who's actually hurt by it is Lonzo Ball because it's his old man forcing him to wear them shoes. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure those shoes are cheap. You think that LeVar Ball is going to build? Do you really trust LeVar Ball with anything, including quality shoemaking? Of course not. Who looks at LeVar Ball and goes, that's the next Phil Knight. He makes a quality shoe. No. No. What about Lonzo himself? I mean, people really believed that he was going to be a star. And even, especially with the emergence of... Those people were fools. Especially with the emergence of D'Angelo Russell for the Nets. I mean, Uh it makes them look terrible. That man looks like such a better NBA point guard Uh than Lonzo. And it it looks even worse. By the way, Lonzo Ball isn't even a bad NBA player. He's just... I never thought he was going to be great. Yeah, he's not a very good one. No, and no, was there anybody who knows way more about basketball than me who really thought he was going to be sensational? Anybody? Anybody. So, yeah, his dad got what he wanted. He was a loud mouth, and he got his son drafted to the L.A. Lakers because the Lakers don't know what the hell they're doing. So he got his son drafted to the Lakers. Everything else, it's it's all smoke and mirrors. None of that is real. You Did you really buy... Ball, big baller brand shoes, thinking that this was going to be a good basketball shoe? No. You weren't around to say, hey, check out my shoe. It's the same thing. That shoe is the equivalent of Norm McDonald as Burt Reynolds with the funny hat and Celebrity Jeopardy. Hey, check out my hoodie. It's a big baller brand hoodie. It's funny. It's a funny hoodie. Check out my hat. It's an oversized hat. It's funny. Like Turd Ferguson. That's what LeVar is. He's Turd Ferguson. Next. Amazing reference. Last one on the NBA. Thank you. James Harden tied his career high of 61 points in another absolutely torrid performance last night. He's now averaging a ridiculous 36.5 points per game, and the Rockets have won 13 of their last 15. They look like they will roll into the playoffs red hot. Is it time to take the Rockets seriously as a true threat to the Warriors' quest for a three-peat? I don't know. I think he's done fantastic, but the, I think that the, the Golden State Warriors – have learned the lesson that the four years of the Cleveland Cavaliers knew. I think Golden State is finally learned, and they're a one seed. I mean, they're tied with Denver, but they're still a one seed in the East, right? They're still tied with Denver, right? Yeah, I think so. So I think Golden State has finally learned it. Like, they're not going for 73 wins anymore. They're not doing any of that other stuff. They, they've achieved all the regular season stuff there is. Steph Curry's four years older. Draymond's four years older they got to take care of these guys. And this could be the last run they have is currently co- compromised. They need to take care of themselves. Houston still has something to prove. They've won their MVPs. Kevin Durant's an MVP. Steph Curry's a unanimous and a two-time MVP. They've done all that. So you got a team like Houston who's trying to prove something in the regular season where Golden State doesn't have to do that anymore. They know that the regular season to them is a one big long tune-up. Try to stay healthy. Try to get the game down, work out any kinks, but get ready for the postseason. So, no, I think Houston's done a remarkable job. I think that James Harden probably, with the way things are, I know that the betting is going a little differently, but with the way things are, it seems to be James Harden's turn to be the MVP of the league. While I would like to put them in that strong spot, I'm sorry, you're going to have to prove it to me. Golden State is still Golden State, which is a terrible throwaway line, but it's for all those reasons why I looked at the Cavs the same way in the East. I think Golden State's just doing it in the West. Next. Many 
NBA players and several people in the media took to social media to rip CBS's use of the Zion cam last night, which was a camera focused solely on Zion oh, Williamson God. for Here the entirety go. of the Duke You're game. exploiting him! Do you see any problem with the idea of a Zion no, cam? No, no. Do you think Zion Williamson has any problem with the Zion cam? I do not. Exactly. Could you stop? Could you stop? Do we need to do this every single time there's something? Zion Williamson could have played in China. I'm going to get mad. He could have played in China. He could have played in Europe. He played at Duke. Do you know why he played at Duke? Because Duke's way better known than anything he's going to do playing in Beijing or playing in Germany. Obviously, he knows what he's doing. When that shoe broke, it made him a guaranteed multi-upon-multi-upon-multi-upon-multi-millionaire before he ever dribbles at all in the NBA. Stop. He's not your martyr to pay players. He knew what the investment was, or the people around him, his parents, or his guardian, or whoever, they knew what the investment was. Get your head out of your collective asses. I know that Twitter is your video game for your rage, so you can try to be Twitter famous, and I took on the NCAA. Wow, no one's ever tried to do that. I told the NCAA they were wrong. I'm a better person today. Are you serious? CBS pays the NCAA how many millions of dollars a year to do this? Yes, Zion Williamson's... Then fine, don't show college basketball ever. You can't watch the games. Because obviously, we're taking advantage of him. He's on TV, playing for Duke, wearing Nike, guaranteed millions. But somehow we're taking advantage of him. It, you would maybe have an argument if they had a, had a John Morant cam. He plays for Murray State. Go, let me go home and get my gun and cock it and hold it to your head and try to tell me where Murray State is on a map. You can't do it. There we would have an argument. Zion Williamson is not your martyr to pay players. Get it out of your head. Think clear. Think better. Be smarter. He did this for a reason. He's investing in himself. For the love of God. I'm so mad at CBS. They have a Zion cam. Because people want to see Zion Williamson. We need to keep him away. You're taking advantage of Zion. Stop taking advantage of him. You know, you know how stupid you sound? Next. All right, last one, and you might need to take a breath for this one. Cam Newton made a peculiar announcement this week when appearing on the Late Late Show with James Corden. The Panthers quarterback declared a no-smash march in which he will remain celibate all month, explaining, quote, every month this offseason I've tried to challenge myself in a different way. When the season comes around, it makes my mind stronger. I feel like if I look up and, I, and said I did those things, it makes me mentally stronger, end quote. Ken, do you see any logic at all to this unique adult experiment? I don't know. Billy Jack, you feel any smarter? I don't, know. <laughs> Come on, Tom. That was funny. I was dying. Just with the mic off, because poor Billy. That was just way too Billy, harsh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Billy. It's okay. Uh, I don't know if it's okay, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think I I think it's the exact same thing as the Seinfeld episode. Uh, now I'm a hist- I'm a historian of some certain sports. Did you know? Did you boys know that Paul Brown had something called the Tuesday Rule? I did not know. Paul Brown, when he was the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, had something called the Tuesday Rule. That from Tuesday on, 
You could have sex with your wife. Again, this is the 1960s, folks, please. I understand there's Me Too and everything like that. Just let me continue. Uh, From Tuesday on, I think you could have sex with her on Tuesday. But after that, no sex. So there was the Tuesday rule. That's because he wanted your mind focused and he felt that you would be clearer abstaining from that type of thing uh, from, from Wednesday morning on to Sunday afternoon. After the game, then obviously you guys can go have a romp if you wanted to. Uh, that was his rule. That was that was Paul Brown's rule. It has been well known that throughout generations, there have been people who feel that sex uh, makes you smarter. Uh, sex obviously triggers a lot of endorphins in some people, and that sex will also make people stupid because once you have it, that's all you want. And so you're constantly chasing it, and because of that chase, it'll make you less focused on other things. I think it's in the eye of the beholder. So if Cam Newton goes on and he has an MVP caliber season, what am I to say? It's a bit of an ex- it, it's a bit of a uh, experiment. How about that? I don't know how Cam Newton's going to respond to it. What if he just starts throwing ducks? Gets all the gets all the routes messed you up, starts throwing, throwing to where people ducks? aren't even there. Shut up. You he was hurt. Okay? Come on. I'm a huge fan of his, but I don't he's he's a weird dude and this isn't going to help him. Get it back together, Cam. Get it back, man. We need you. Fine. Um, yeah, he can not have sex if he wants to not have sex. That's perfectly fine with me. Is that five burning questions? That was five burning questions. There are there are people who are concerned of my health. Just can we can we find one thing that we don't just sit there and obsessively bitch over? I know Twitter makes that impossible, but still. Matt Williamson going to join us. NFL Scout, Dynasty Blueprint Podcast. We'll talk draft with him. We'll talk NFL with him and whether or not this is the biggest season of Ben Roethlisberger's life. It's Ken Carmen, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.